0: Hey everyone, Darlene here, Kate Anthony's podcast editor. This week, Kate is bringing to you a re-airing of the episode featuring guest Jill Shever-Murray, which is one of the most popular downloaded episodes to date, and it is all about the power of letting go. In this episode, Kate and Jill talk about permission, including permission to let go, permission to immerse yourself in self-love, and permission to live your life as you see fit. If you're missing your weekly dose of Kate Anthony, you can find her over on Instagram at instagram.com. Slash the Divorce Survival Guide. If you haven't joined her Facebook community yet, you can find her on Facebook. Just search for the Facebook group called Should I Stay or Should I Go? You can always hop on over to her website, kateanthony.com, to locate all of the links and resources that Kate has available. Here is the re-airing of Kate's episode with guest Jill Sherer-Murray on The Power of Letting Go.
1: And now it's my mission in life to help you get to the other side of this process with your sanity and your heart intact. Welcome back to another episode of the Divorce Survival Guide podcast. I am your host, Kate Anthony, and I am so glad you are here today. Before we get into this week's awesome interview episode, I just wanted to tell you that this week, this month, for the month of January, this podcast had over 31,000 downloads. And I, I think I, I told you guys when I hit like 10,000 downloads for one month that I was like so like over the moon excited and, you know, in the podcasting world, like downloads matter, right? They, they matter. But more than anything, what matters to me is that each, one, those numbers represent humans. They represent you. They represent people who are putting earbuds in their ears and taking me on a walk with you or Inviting me to join you as you cook dinner or in your car, whatever whatever it is that you're doing when you listen to my podcast, you are inviting me into your world. And the fact that in the month of January, that happened 30,000 times, I'm blown away. I'm truly blown away because that's 30,000 people doing the work. 30,000 people wanting to do better, to know more, to engage more deeply and more richly with their lives. And there's nothing more beautiful. There's nothing that I want more in the world. There's really not. (laughs) I mean, oh my God, that's what I want. So thank you. Thank you. Seriously, thank you for inviting me um, to take this journey with you. And whether that's you know, on a weekly walk or um a drive or as you cook or clean or whatever it is, thank you. Thank you for inviting me in. Back to today's episode. Today we have a really great interview with Jill Shearer Murray. Jill is a TEDx speaker and influencer. She is an author, a blogger, a coach, and the founder of Let Go For It, a lifestyle brand dedicated to helping individuals let go for a better life. She's also an award-winning journalist and communications leader who can trace practically every success she's had in her career, her love life, and more to letting go. Jill did a TEDx talk called The Unstoppable Power of Letting Go and it's been viewed by almost 2 million people and it grows by the thousands each day. And of course, it will be linked in the show notes so you can find it and watch it too. Um, her book, which comes out in May and is available for pre-order on Amazon and IndieBound, is called Big Wild Love, The Unstoppable Power of Letting Go. And she wrote it in response to the countless numbers of viewers who reached out to her for help and inspiration after seeing her TEDx talk. So... Jill's awesome. She also spent a year studying improv at the famous Second City Training Center in Chicago, and she had another five years of writing a popular blog called Diary of a Writer in Midlife Crisis. Jill also let go of just about everything to put her weight in Shape magazine 12 times as part of a year-long assignment to document her weight loss journey for millions of readers. So, without further ado my conversation about letting go with Jill Shearer-Murray. Jill, thank you so much for coming and talking to me on the podcast. I'm so happy to have you here.
2: So happy to be here. I'm super, super, super psyched to have a conversation
1: with you, Kate. We are here to talk about your superpower or your uh, area of expertise. Mm. But it's also, I think it's your superpower, right? Which is the power of letting go. Yeah. I
2: i never really think about it that way, but I've, it's sort of become that for me over the years as I've really started talking more and more about it that, I mean, I've kind of become my own best student. So I i sort of do feel like it's become a little bit of a superpower. And i I actually think it's a superpower for anybody that can figure out how to let go. Really, because it's uh it it's as good as any superpower because if you can figure out how to let go, you can pretty much find your way through anything and to anything. So is what I'm learning.
1: And this is so this is so I mean, I I don't wanna jump the gun here because it's so important for my audience and the work that I do, right? And I guess we'll get to that in a little bit. But why don't you first of all tell us tell us how you came to this. Tell us your the background of how this became your superpower.
2: You know, life is so weird because we never know how we're going to find our way to our superpower, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. I never thought that being stuck in a 12 year relationship going nowhere was eventually going to lead me to my superpower, but that's exactly what happened. And so, you know, I had a really interesting quandary, especially for your listeners in the sense that, you know, I was in a 12 year relationship with a man who was wonderful who, I mean, I would say, I wish that he was just a terrible person. It would make this so much easier, but he wasn't. He was a really kind, loving person. And I wanted to get married. So you know, I was looking not to divorce, but I was actually looking to have that experience of marriage in my lifetime. I was in my thirties and my early forties. We'd been together for 12 years and And it took me a, what you do? Right. Well, I mean, well, according to my mother, you do it after two years, you know, nothing. Well, well, exactly. <laughs> I was gonna
1: say twelve, like twelve, yes. At, at, at twelve years you might you might start to wonder if this is actually happening. <laughs> right. Exactly.
2: Exactly. Right. Um, and it but it took me that long to figure out how to figure out first of all that it was never going to be what I wanted it to be. And it figured it to and to figure out how to let go. And in that situation, you know, I was living in Chicago. I had lived there for for almost two decades and I loved living in the city, but I had to let go of that too, because it would have been really hard not to go back down that slippery slope of let's get back together. We'll, we'll make it work. I'll compromise, I'll accept, I'll make peace with whatever. So in letting him go, I had to let go of basically an entire life. So my, my job, my condo, my, my friends, at least in terms of proximity, right? Um, my hairdresser my dog walker my favorite sushi restaurant like all those things I had to let go of them because I knew that it was the only way I would be able to really move forward and you know doing that was really really hard but it was also so incredibly transformational and so what happened for me is you know I I moved back closer to family in Bucks County in Pennsylvania Mm -hmm. and I actually was able to go on and find the love that I wanted and find all the things that I wanted once I let go and opened up space and did so much internal work. And so as I've gotten older, Kate, you know, I think this is just a natural part of us getting older is that we, we want to be helpful, right? We mm-hmm. decide, mm-hmm. you know, we've learned a few things, want to go out in the world, and want to be helpful. And I was seeing people, friends, acquaintances, just people I didn't know who were really stuck. Stuck in their relationships, stuck stuck on what their partners were or were not doing, stuck on why they didn't have partners, stuck on choosing people that just were never going to take them where they wanted to go. And I just, I don't know. What happened was I lost someone that I loved and I thought, we're not getting out of here alive. Like this is just, we don't have time to hold on to that, which is no longer serving us. We do not have that luxury. And I just became very passionate about it and decided I was going to get up on a big stage, you know, while I was retaining fluid. And there were 12,000 cameras pointed at me <laughs> and my mother in the audience. <laughs> and I was going to tell this, you know, very um, honest story of, about how I was stuck for a really long time and how I, you know, what sort of brought me to the choice of letting go. And, and you know, hopefully I could share some of that, those learnings with the people who watched my talk. And, um, and it's just been amazing ever since, ever since then. Yeah. Super power away.
1: Yeah. This is your, this is your TEDx talk that yes. will be linked in the show notes so that everyone can, you know, can watch it. Cause as you should, because it's amazing. Great. Oh, um, thank you. It, yeah. I mean, your story is, I mean, it's really powerful, right? Because we, we, you know, we hold on for so many reasons, right? Mm-hmm. Both of them are stories that we're telling ourselves.
2: Mm-hmm. That's about, right.
1: About our worth, about yep. right, about what we, and, and as women in particular, I think it, as women in with in relationships in in in, in cis hetero relationships, right? Let's get really fucking specific about this. Mm-hmm. We tell ourselves stories that a we're nothing if we don't have a man. And if we let go of this relationship, we'll never find another man. So therefore right. we'll be unworthy and we will be nothing, right? And in your case, you you found someone, you found love and you're, you know, in my case, I'm still single. You know, and, right. and I'm happy.
2: You know, I say this and I say this in my book. I talk about how and this is no slight to my parents, this is no slight, but I we came from a generation where, you know, we didn't talk about loving ourselves. The prize was finding a man
1: that was the prize A man who loves you or who no that's right none of that just finding the man a man who's willing to marry you
2: like that was pretty much right if he was and you know maybe you know if he had a little money and he was jewish you know and he and he loved his (laughs) mother-in-law You know, that those were all good positive things. And I just think, you know, coming from that era, I mean, nowadays, you know, we're having that conversation around self-love, which is what I call big wild love. Back then, no, we yeah. didn't talk about that. Nope. We talked about how can you be how can you be the perfect specimen in order to attract yes. someone who will take care of you?
1: Yes. Someone yeah you don't find it, then you're doing something wrong.
2: Right. That's right.
1: Or, um, I was just having a conversation with a male coach about this and Mm -hmm. it kind of like, uh, because, (laughs) you know, the idea was, Oh, well, if, you know, I said something about like me still being single and I haven't found, you know, like what's going on in the world today. And, He was like, well, if you haven't found it, it's because you haven't done this, that, and the other. And once you get to that layer of unfolding, then you obviously haven't done enough work and blah, 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 right? And I'm like, no, I refuse, I refuse for this to be a misogynistic, you know, Mm -hmm. and meanwhile, by the way, he's single.
2: Right. That's right.
1: But the same rules don't apply to him.
2: Right. They don't. That's right.
1: Right. Yeah. And so the, the, the. The overarching conversation is that we have to, we have to do more that if we don't have it, there's something wrong with us. There's another layer that we haven't uncovered. There's another, there's more work that we have to do. Right. And, and that, by the way, that may be true, right? Mm -hmm. We're always doing work. Right. In my opinion, we must always be doing work. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we are Mm -hmm. still enough and beautiful and perfect as we are. And yes, Right. And worthy of love. Right. No, like. It,
2: but you know, we have to believe that.
1: But we have to believe it. And we're, and we're working against the societal uh, messaging, the cultural, you know, the patriarchal messaging that tells us that we're not. Right. You know, that we shouldn't We're we not.
2: Different. We have to look a certain way. We have to be a yeah. certain age. We have to behave a certain way. There's certain protocol. There's search. There's certain, you know, rules of convention that we have to follow but see, I think that that's just no background noise. I think, I mean, when it comes to letting go, what I love about this conversation is that I love the idea of we're always working on ourselves because I think people think once we let go of something, we're done. We're never done. We're We're never never done. done. We're never done. And I can tell you that when I left my relationship, I was 42 and
1: I, you you were like a washed up old spinster correct.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yay, yay. I, well, well, I was, you know, like, I mean, in my own, you know, in my own limiting belief mind, 100%, which is, Right. which is one of the reasons why I stayed so long, you know, aside right. from the fact that this person was very lovable and very wonderful. I always knew for many, many years, he was never, ever going to want what I did. That was never going to happen. So I, so I, you know, I reasoned and negotiated with myself a lot. Okay, well, but I have this. And then if I don't have this, then I may not get again and see letting go is all about risk. There's, there's so much risk involved. And so if you don't have that ground under your feet, if you don't have that big, wild love piece, which to me, in a very basic nutshell is I don't, I've reversed those limiting beliefs, or I am so aware of these limiting beliefs, that I am going to be hyper-vigilant to them when they show up in my brain. Yes. Because you may never get you may never get rid of You're them never, entirely. No,
1: you but,
2: don't. You don't. And that that was the challenge for me because I was raised, probably like a lot of other women, with the belief that I had to be a perfect size six to be loved. And at 42, I was not a perfect size six. I don't know what was going on behind me. Thank God I couldn't see it. But I had to once again wrestle with that belief that you know what, now I'm 42. Now I'm going out today the world. Here come all the limiting beliefs, right? I'm too fat to find love. Men want younger women. My days are over. I'm a spinster. I'm washed up. I'm the old aunt with the tissues rolled up in my sleeve. I, you know, who's gonna want me? Maybe I should just give it up. I'm destined to be alone. Like they start screaming and raging at you, and maybe you can get rid of some of those limiting beliefs. But as long as you're alive and you leave the house, and life changes it's always going to poke at you. I say life is always trying to call us home to old wounds. So it's about being very vigilant and knowing that letting go is an art and a practice. But if you have it in your pocket, you learn to know when to reach for it. And you, you, you learn to know when the, those, that, that belief, that thought, Hey, you are not a size six girlfriend. No one is going to love you. You know, because that's how I felt even in my relationship when I would go up and down on the scale and do all that kind of thing. But there he was. He was always there. And yes, it was not perfect. But how could I leave that, right? Right. How could I let go of that and take that risk? But once I figured out that, you know what? I was worthy of the things that I wanted. and, And even more importantly, that there were so many ways to have a happy life that if I never met anyone and I never got married, I would still have a happy life because I'm awesome. And by the way, <laughs> yes, you
1: are. Um, right. So, so there's like a million things I want to say and a million questions I want to ask. But yeah. So, so we want to, I want to start with, so, so we, wanna, wanna start with we, we keep talking about letting go, letting go. Yes. Right? Like, and we're talking, so let's break it down. Like, mm-hmm. what, what the fuck does that mean? Right. <laughs> right. Like, what is, what, <laughs> what is letting go? Because right. Because here's the thing, like, we do this a lot, I think, in our society, in our culture, certainly in the personal development sphere. Well, actually, in mm-hmm. the personal development sphere, I think we, we grab it back, right? But in the, like, faux, you know, we're like, you just have to let go, right? Or mm-hmm. you just have to be more confident. Or you just have, eh, there is work, right? This is, this is not work. a, meme. this is not no. a, like, what no. does it mean to let go? I
2: can't tell you, Kate, how many people sing that Frozen song to me.
1: Like, if I wake up and I'm having Ah, just a rotten day, I haven't even thought of it. God damn it. Now you put it in my.
2: I'm sorry. It's horrible, too, because it just lingers and it just won't go away. But, and they'll, and they'll like sting at me, like, let it go. And I'm like, it's not, no, it's not, it's not that easy. It's like, it's an ongoing continuum. And so, the way that I think about letting go is like this basically, it's a binary equation, right? So, If we're in a situation where we may feel unhappy or dissatisfied or particularly stuck, we can hold on for dear life in the hopes that things will change, making a conscious choice that we're holding on. Or we can choose to actually let go of it. And what that means is not deciding to accept the situation or cope inside of the situation or give up on the things that we may want. From this situation, um, which I see a lot, a lot of people doing, and they think yeah. that that's letting go. It's not. Letting go is holistically detaching yourself from the situation so that at a certain point, you can really look at it objectively and see why or why it's not something that you wanted to stay attached to.
1: Yeah. So, yes. you know, I
2: interviewed a lot of women for my book. And so many of them would talk to me about, you know, being in their marriages or being with their boyfriends or being even single and dating badly. And they would say, well, you know, I just accepted that was the way it was. I just, I let go. And I'm like, that's not letting go. That's not, yes. That's not letting
1: yeah. go. Acceptance. So, and I think we have a skewed sense of acceptance, right? Like what acceptance does not mean that you accept the, what is unacceptable to you, that you have some sort of like, you know, yogic tantric sort of, you know, detachment. And right. Right. It's like, no, no, no. A- acceptance is, I accept that this is the way it is. And you can still choose, right. not, still choose not to engage in it. But the thing right. that I- the thing that I want to go back to is that you said, you know, the first thing you have, the very first piece of this, mm-hmm. I love this. This is like, um, in Al-Anon, we talk about the three A's, right? Awareness, acceptance, and action. And what mm-hmm. we do is like, we, skip, like, yeah. we want to just jump into action. We want to just do action, right? And mm-hmm. so the first piece is awareness. We have to be able to see it for what it is. And that and is it's huge. The good, the bad, and the ugly. And yes. And this and this includes in the work that the work that I do with my clients, right? Is is the inner critic work. We talk about like the mm-hmm. limiting beliefs, is that we have got to hear it. We spend so much time
2: yeah.
1: pretending that's we don't hear, trying not to hear it. Like try like, oh, that's gross, it hurts, it's ugly, right? Like don't listen to the negative voices in your head. Again, like simple memes. Like, no, 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 no. Right. We got to hear, we have to, we have to be aware of that first.
2: And so we, and so we deflect from that by using the accepting, the coping, the giving up, which are really just short-term strategies that are designed to get us through the moment. Right. right. Because we don't want to look at that. I, I can't tell you when I was in my relationship that I knew in my gut the truth, but I didn't want it to be so. Oh, I didn't want it to be true. So I looked away and I thought, well, you know, if I ignore it or if I, if I become more pleasing or more accommodating, then it will change. If I don't go there and I don't acknowledge what is right in front of me, then I still have hope that there, that there's the possibility it will change. But it's a little, it's a, it's a bad game we play with ourselves because we, we don't want to feel bad. We just don't want to feel bad. We don't want to take the risk and we don't want to feel the grief and the loss and the heartbreak and the sadness that comes from losing someone or that we love or the, the fantasy or the idea of what we thought we could have, you know, someone in my position, here's this wonderful man. He's, you know, smart and handsome and caring and kind, but he just doesn't want what I do. He's never gonna he's never going to get there. But, you know, I'm look what I'm losing instead of at that time in my life thinking you deserve to go out and find what you really want. And that's not to say go out and look for perfection To say go out and find the person who is going to have who's going to want to have a gloriously imperfect life with you because they not only share the same kind of love for you and prioritize you, but want what you want when you want it because it's so that is so key. So I agree with you. A lot of the women I talked to, they just, they didn't want to go there. And it was funny. One, one woman I talked to, she was young and she was kind of talking to me. It it was at a point, I think she forgot that I was even there. Cause she was like, well, I, she was dating but she wasn't getting where she wanted to go. And she was like, well, I judge people. Well, I judge these men if I meet them at a bar, but then I don't judge them if I meet them at the gym and then if they take me out and they you know, cough three times, well then I put them on my no list. And like, she starts going down this list that she's doing that she has no idea. It was like, she almost went into this trance at a certain point. She like woke up and she was like, Oh my God. And I was like, yes. Right. Right. Wow. Right. That's right. Wow. So you see you, it's you standing in your own way because you, you're putting up all these barriers. And so that's the work. That's the work that you do.
1: Right. Exactly. To women who are contemplating divorce. Right. Going through divorce. Right. There's so much that you talked about that like, there's, there's so much to grieve. There's yes. so much to contemplate. There's, you know, mm-hmm. children, there's the fantasy of the white picket fence. And right. You know, like all of the dreams that you have on your wedding day. Like, you know, yeah, And and recognizing and and the idea of losing all of that and losing the home and the so big family and right. And there's there's so much.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I left a part of myself in Chicago. Like I I let go of, you know, the guy and the relationship and the home and the job and the condo. And I left, you know, I let go of my art of pizza, which I miss desperately. But I left me. And, you know, it's really interesting because when I go back now to see friends and I like, I'll see the young 20 somethings, you know, walking around or the 30 somethings. And I, and I, I look at them and I'm like, that was me. Yep. Now it's their time, you know, but that was me walking around with, you know, all these, these fears and insecurities and just, you know, so much, um, angst, like, what was gonna happen? Was I gonna get this man to marry me? Was I gonna be alone forever? Was I gonna gain weight from eating that, you know, pita pocket, those carbohydrates, you know, was I gonna be okay? You know, was I gonna die alone? I mean, like all these things that we are so terrified of, especially when we're younger. And I think that was one of the things that really compelled me to get up on that stage too, Kate, was, you know, relax. Like if if I could talk to her i would I would say, Just relax, just you know take it slow, you're fine, everything's fine, you are fine, you're great, you're awesome, you're okay, everything you want, just choose it
0: for yourself..
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. I remember someone saying to me once, and it was really powerful when I was struggling with something pretty i mean it was ultimately quite trivial although looking back on it it was quite prophetic but it that's a whole other story um I was worried I think I was worried that my um boyfriend at the time who ended up being my husband um now my ex-husband I was worried he was Mm -hmm. cheating on me Mm
0: -hmm.
1: which we probably was was. okay anyway (laughs) looking back on it I'm like oh yeah um but at the time this man this guy said to me and so what would be the worst thing that would happen and I was like Mm. I mean he'd be like if he's cheating on me like that is the worst thing ever he's like but then what right I
2: like, well, then so good
1: I'd have to break up with him and it like and like I'd be brokenhearted and he's like and then what right right and then what and he and then all what? all the way down to the end of the line where I was like then I, then it, I'm fine right right like ultimately then I saved myself from marrying someone who's a cheater which by the way it didn't I didn't didn't happen <laughs> <laughs> I should have been saved, right? Like, right, and I would,
0: right. like,
1: okay, right? like there was just like to right. walk through. So what happens
2: if you let go? And then what? Right, and then what? You know, and then what? So you feel bad. I talk about it as going through the tunnel of pain. I say, right. nobody wants to go through that tunnel because it's dark and there's bats and there's birds and it's cold and it's wet. And there's, you don't know if there's any way out. So we just, we stand in front of it and we just stare at it like I'm not going in there. Mm-hmm. But you know what? There's only one way to the other side. Yep. There's okay. only and I think that's a huge problem. That's why people don't let go because they don't they they're so mired down by you know what's going to happen to them. So I love that exercise. Yeah. That is such a powerful powerful exercise.
1: So powerful because, and here's the thing, right? If you're standing in front of the tunnel and you're not going in, the tunnel is always in front of you. You are always, always staring in the tunnel. If you go into the tunnel, what's in front of you ultimately is a light. Correct. you right? keep is, walking. That is, you keep walking. You keep walking. I just, you know,
2: I mean, for me, and I'm sure you can relate to some of this, but for me, that was, you know, snotty on the sofa. Lots of lifetime television, lots of cursing, you know, lots of grunting, lots of binge eating, lots of crying, you know, lots of victim language and bad self-talk. Yep. And then
1: one day you're like, okay,
2: I'm done with that. Yep.
1: Yep. I... I talk. About, I like have it like a. It's like a mud bath, right? Like you, when you go and you do like a mud bath, like thing, right? You get covered in seaweed or mud, and it's fucking nasty and it's awful. And then they wash right. off you, and you're and that's like listening. Yes, that's it. I love that. Such a great analogy. Yeah, like exactly oh, takes off all of the dead skin. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sounds sounds gross and fabulous, <laughs> um, but exactly, yeah, right, But like all of that snot, all of those tears, all that, and you have to do that, right? Like, and people, I think that you know, again, people are like, but I don't want to feel that. But like, and then what? Like, and then like, what would what's, what's happen? Unless they know, unless they have this deep sense,
2: they've done that work, the big wild love work, yes. and they have this deep sense of knowing that you know what? That's not going to be a five-star resort, but I'm going to be okay because I'm going to get to the light. I know this for sure because I'm right full of empowering beliefs and I truly like, they're not bullshit to me. I've worked hard to really own them. And I know that it's not going to be fun or pretty, but I know that I don't want this, that this is not right for me. with all the right things that may be there or the wrong things. And that I know that I can have the things that I want in my life, that they're possible and I deserve them. So I'm willing to walk through that tunnel. I'm willing to roll in that mud so that I can get to that glistening glory, you know, because I know that on the other side, no matter what happens to me, I'm going to be fine. And that's, and that's really, that's really letting go is like, that's real freedom to Mm -hmm. me because then you're just, you know, I mean, you're just not dependent on the outcome. And then you just, you know, try to figure out how to enjoy life, you know, living inside of that belief system, knowing that you've got to swap those limiting beliefs when they rise up because they're going to. And then you just keep trucking until you find what it is you want. And there's, there's just so much freedom in that. It's like, you know, when I moved back and I, I really did, I mean, I online dated. You know what? I online dated with a sense of adventure and play. I didn't go into it with a sense of right. I didn't feel desperate. I didn't feel like I gotta find the guy. I gotta find him. Like I'm 42. Here's the clock. Let's go. I didn't feel any of that. I felt like I may never get married. I may never have that experience, which I would like to have, but I may never have it. I'm clearly not living a conventional life. I have no babies, fur babies. Right. And, you know, I mean, we've already, you know, my mother has already made peace with that disappointment or whatever (laughs) other people's feelings around that are, which are not my business. Right. And so I just went out into the world and that's, that's when I met my guy. Yeah. And they, people say that, and I hate when people say that, like, well, you got to relax, but it's, it's not about relaxing. It's about reframing your life and looking at it through
1: yeah. kind of a different lens. Yeah. I sort of, it's that, it's that thing that, that I, bothers me when people are like, you know, when you least expect it, that's when he shows up, like you have to not care. And then it's like, that's a, a, it's another way of saying right. That you're it's not doing, about that. Right. But it really is about self-love, self right, wild love. Like I love that you call it that, 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 that you're cultivating that in yourself and, People are fucking attracted to that. You know? They really, it.
2: really, really are. People yeah. are attracted to the energy that comes off of someone who understands and loves themselves. And, you know, understanding and loving ourselves really empowers us to act boldly yeah. and to act on our own behalf. And that really is attractive to people. And you, I'm sure you and I have both seen people who... You know, maybe they're not the greatest looking people on earth. Maybe they're not the most successful, but people just drop around them because they have this unique sense of confidence and love and belief in themselves that is just absolutely contagious. And so when you have those things, you know when it's time to let go. You know that it's okay to let go. You know that you're going to feel sad. You know that there's going to be a period of feeling like you, you know, just want to eat donuts. you also know you're going to survive it and come out the other end. And, and you're right. Because, you know, people would say that to me too, Kate. They would say like, when you least expect it, when you care least, it's not, it's not about that. I would say it's more about when you decide you're going to have a happy life no matter what happens to you because you deserve it. Yeah. And you know that you can be happy no matter what. Then all things become really possible. I mean, barring, you know, barring the limitations of space, time, and physiology. Right. Biology <laughs> you know, like, all things all things really can become possible for you and um, and that's what I love about letting go which is a long-term strategy it's a long-term strategy and you and I and, you know you do it with the knowledge that you may let go of something and then you may have to let go of it again yeah. at some other point in your life when change happens or something happens or you find yourself in a moment of drama or or you know, right. A rite of passage when these things love to come up, but like you said, awareness yes. is so very powerful. Awareness
1: is the first it's, it's always the first step. Yep. It has to like, we don't know what we don't know. Right. So we're going to have to become aware of it first in order to be able to have right. to power over it whatsoever in our lives.
2: Like when I was, so I tell a story in my book about this guy that I met when I was online dating and, um, his name was Mac and he was really cute and, um, he was fun. And, you know, I'd been in a relationship for 12 years. Like I, you know, I was a little starved for some like other guy fun, you know, going out there in the world and seeing what I had been missing or being with a different person. And he would call me like that same day and I would go out with him. And I was like, I don't like this. I don't Uh like this. And then I wouldn't hear from him for like two or three weeks. And he would call me on a Saturday morning and I'd be like, (gasps) And I was like, the third time he did it, I was like, old Jill, here she comes. Here she comes. I'm going to change that guy. I'm going to change him. Uh-huh. I'm going to get him to call more often. I'm going to get him to make a commitment to me. I'm going to get him to marry me and somehow figure out, you know, how to have this big life together. And then I was like, come on. And so that awareness piece said to me, oh, no, 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 no. Yep. And so when he did it the fourth time, I was like, you know what? I, I really enjoy hanging out with you, but nope, I'm done good luck. I wish you well. I wish you the best. Go find someone who loves this. It's not me. And I moved on. I was such a big, wild love. I was like, so such a big, big, wild love moment. I was like, Oh my God, Jill, you did it.
1: Exactly. You got it. Yes. And with, you know, and like you could have had a conversation and been like, Hey, I would appreciate it if blah, blah, blah. But you knew, I knew that I know not, that, that you'd been down that road before. This Absolutely, was not, this was not that guy. We right. need to take a really quick break. Yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, a quick word uh, from one of our sponsors, and we will be right back. All right, we're back. Where do women? Where do women, women in particular, right? Cause I think this is really a female, this is a hugely female. It lady. is, it's, it
2: is, it is.
1: Where do women struggle most? Where do you see women struggling most? Um, I mean, we've probably talked about that a million. Yeah. I think there's, I think there's probably more to talk through.
2: Yeah. I, I think it's, it's so, it's so hugely and enormously the big wild love piece. They have, they, I think women, are just, we're, we have so much to do in the world. We're so operating on autopilot. We, we, it's like I, it's like I say, you know, we get on the bus and we let so many other things drive the bus, like the limiting beliefs and the pressure to conform and trying to be, you know, pleasing and trying to be accommodating and all those things. That we go to sleep on the back of the bus while everything else is driving us, and then we wake up at places that we have no idea how we got there. Oh like God. we're just stuck there. I
1: Love there. that metaphor. I love it. It's so true. It's true because
2: yeah. we're we're not we're not stopping to take the time to actually ask ourselves why are we attracted to these people?
1: Uh-huh. Why are
2: we staying? What's the payoff? Because there is a payoff. There is a payoff and usually that payoff tracks right back to those limiting beliefs and that lack of big wild love. Yeah. And when we know that, again, awareness, then we can say, "Oh, okay. So here's my work. Here's where I need to shift and change if this is what I truly want from my life." And I think women are very stuck in you know, I you know, Kate, I talk to these women, they're in their 30s, they're so terrified of being alone. Yes. They're so terrified, they're terrified of, missing right, of missing out. Right. Of missing out on the babies.
1: Yes. There's that piece, but, but they are there. But, but even the ones who have had babies, they're terrified of being alone, terrified of being alone. And I say,
2: you know, it's so funny. I'm actually about to do a post on this on my social media because I, there was a woman put a to, uh, a comment up on my talk. I love to read the comments and on my talk, she talked about how, she loved my talk until I got to the point where I talked about how I met someone else. And she said, I just wanted her to tell me that yes. it was okay to be alone. Yes. And I'm thinking you don't need me to tell you that it's okay for you to do anything and not for nothing. Being alone is pretty awesome. Like there are yes. a lot of wonderful things about being alone and being alone is really necessary. You know, when I was, um, many, many, many years ago, I was insane. And I i was a shape magazine. So I'm still a little insane, but I put my weight in shape magazine. I, did, I was their weight loss diarist for a year. So I had to put my weight in their magazine every month for a year. This is like talk about letting go. Okay. But they gave me every month, they gave me access to a body image psychologist to talk to. And I'll never forget her saying this to me. She said, you know, When we, when we let go of things, when we let go of weight or we let go of people or whatever, we rush, we rush to fill that void. We rush to fill it because we just don't want to sit in it. We don't want to feel it. We don't want to have that discomfort. We don't have any time that as, as we don't want to have more time than necessary to be with ourselves because we just, we don't know what we're going to find there. Mm -hmm. And I never, ever forgot that because. I think people rush to fill the void. So it's like, if I'm going to leave this, I need something else that's going to fill that void and fill me up because I don't, maybe it goes back to the whole, I don't want to feel bad. And I don't want to know. I don't want to know what's happening inside of me because maybe that's too much
1: for me to handle. Well, and sitting, I think sitting with nothingness, right? Sitting with the emptiness and what, you know, with the void, right? So like, if I take this thing out, Mm -hmm. Who am I without?
2: Right,
1: that's right. Who am I without it? As you start to strip pieces, exactly, character defects, and all of these things, and you start to strip them out, you almost you have to do that stripping away before you can do the rebuild, right? In many ways, yeah. And so, and it's sitting in that emptiness and being willing to sit Mm -hmm. in that in the nothingness in the void and the emptiness, that's where that's the scariest thing. And I think it's the most powerful thing that we can. Yeah.
2: That's the gold. That's where all the gold is.
1: That is discomfort. It's It's in between. It's the gray area. It's not black. It's not white. I don't know what fucking color it is. I don't know who I am without this shit. Right. It's, it's like, it's yes, it's awful.
2: So it's, and it's the, it's the rebuild that, you know, it's like the breakdown that leads to reinvention and reclamation and all those things where, you know, you wake up and you, you decide one day, like, oh my God, I get a do-over. I can do and be whatever I want to be. I don't have to compromise. I don't have to worry about, you know, what's already lost because it's lost. It's, that's that's that that. it's it's behind me. It's over. So what does, what does moving forward look like and And what role do I get to play in that?
1: Yes. And this is exactly why my divorce was the best thing that ever happened. Right, (laughs) Because I got to sit in that real ugly discomfort, right. And Mm -hmm. then I got to rebuild myself consciously aware, you know, really aware, Mm -hmm. um, And, and it was ugly and it was painful and it was all of the things. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, 10 years later, I can say, I can tell you absolutely (laughs) clearly that it was the best thing that ever happened to me. It was probably the best thing that ever happened to my, my Mm -hmm. ex-husband. It was the it was definitely the best thing that could have happened for my poor child.
2: Right. Right. Well, yeah. Um, it's a whole Um, other thing, but yes,
1: it is. But for me as a woman, like, Holy shit. And you know, Mm -hmm. one of the things that I, that I, I don't think I, I I mean, I do talk about it a little bit, but I, but I really want to say is that my people who listen to this podcast, people who follow me on social media, people who do my programs, people who work with me, whatever, they have a sense of who I am now right? Mm Right. Um, and what I, what I want, what I want to impress upon everybody is that I was so not, and I'm sure this is true for you. I was absolutely not this person 10 years ago, 20 years ago. So fucking not this person, you know? And, but what I had a sense was I had this sense that there was that, that I was, that this person was in there somewhere and that, if I didn't let go of my mm-hmm. current circumstances, I would never reveal, find, build, open up to this person that you see now. But then I was scared, I was meek, I was codependent, I was, you know, I had given all of my power away. All of my power away. Yeah. And guilty. Right- yeah. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. the sense, I was like, I kind of felt like, like I'm a strong, powerful woman, and I was like, no, I'm fucking not. But I think I am. I remember right. this, this woman said to me, right, years ago, uh, just before it was like two years before I left my marriage, I think, and she said to me, you know, one of the things I want you to know about yourself is that you are so much more powerful than you. Give yourself credit for and that you know mm-hmm. and, that, and I was always like what the fuck does she mean I'm like,
2: what mm-hmm. she
1: talking about what and this is what she means this is exactly what she meant right exactly. yeah you know it's I,
2: I love that because yes it's like if, if I you know and thinking about all my stuff that I'm doing now the books the courses the talking all that stuff but it's really going back to that beginner's mind where we were and I think even if you have enough of what you're talking about, Again, in the frame of big wild love, and just enough to pull at that thread inside of you yeah. to unravel, like to start pulling it. So you're like, Well, I think I have this. Well, no, wait, wow, look at all this stuff that's coming out that I'm pulling all this amazing, powerful, you know, incredible parts of me. And yes, some that may not be so incredible now, but in seeing that. I I can I can work through that. I can make that because you know what I always said is, you know, when we when we don't do that work, we are essentially agreeing to let other people decide for us what we have and what we don't. Yes. So I was, you know, I would wait around and I would say, well, you know, maybe he'll come around and maybe this. And it was like one day I woke up and I was like, why am I waiting for someone else who's given me over a decade's worth of information right that yeah. i have to make a choice on my own behalf so why am i waiting and this this can happen in love this can happen in you know i just left my big corporate job you know which was scary as anything right. but letting go of that again was why am i waiting for something else to happen For me, when I have as much information as I need to decide what comes next for me and to choose it for myself,
1: yes, to push through
2: that risk. And
1: and really, what you're doing, right, is you're you're waiting for someone else to give you permission to live and to be exactly who you are. And you have, as you said, a decade's worth of information, right, to to prove that that's not. You know, they're given. You know, we're all responsible for our own lives, right? And this is it. This is it. This is the one fucking shot that we have. That's right. And I want to say this like really clearly to my listeners. I want Mm -hmm. everyone who's listening to this to really stop for a minute and think about this. Think about the fact that this is your, as, as Mary Oliver says, this is your one Mm, and precious life. Right. And if you are waiting for someone else to give you permission to live it, You are not going to get it. You have got to take that permission for yourself.
2: And I think you'd probably speak to this better than me, but I would, what I would posit to them is whose permission are you looking for? Yes,
1: absolutely. Because,
2: Mm -hmm. you know, I think once you figure that out, then you can say, oh, yeah, why am I, why am I looking to this person? Because, you know, and I, and I do think, you know, Kate kind of to come full circle, that's one of the things that compelled me to get on the stage too. Was you know it was funny when I was when I was rehearsing for my talk, and I remember I would say to my husband, I would say, you know, I'm getting on the stage. There's 24 other women, and they're up there talking about things like I survived eight bouts of cancer. I am the most healed from progressive MS and never took a drug. I bring underwear to 30,000 girls in underserved India, and I'm like, and I'm talking about a breakup. It's like, but no, (laughs) you're you're talking about, right. You're talking about something A, that everyone can relate to and B, that is exactly what you're saying is what are you going to hold, choose for yourself? What are you going to hold on to? And what are you going to let go of in this one and only precious life that we get? The person who died, you know, oh my God, we're not going to be here forever let go of not yet. Do it now. Do it now. Do the hard stuff now. Put on your track shoes and start running through that tunnel because you know, you know, if it's the truth, you know, if it's right. I knew, I always know. I always know the truth. I think we all do. We feel it in our bodies. We know it in our hearts. We know it in our guts, but it's all this other stuff that slows us down. That has us to your point staring at that entrance of that tunnel for 12 years like 12 years
1: 100 absolutely
2: so absolutely. yeah
1: oh my That's god a lot
2: it's crazy
1: uh, exactly right so um one more question real quick real yeah quick. <laughs> um so what should women you know we're talking what is it that women should let go of in order to have healthy, happy relationships? Like, have we covered this as a, as a, as a topic or is there something sort of, you know, is there a checklist or is there? Well, I mean,
2: I think that women, first of all, should let go of being so, so damn hard on themselves. God. Okay. Uh, Cause real. I think we're brutal about that. Real. We are. And so I say, let go of having to be of all things to all people, let go of other people's voices, telling you who you should be, what you should be. Let go of being afraid to want what you want and actually go for it. Let go for it. I say, you know, I give people in my talk some things they can really think about letting go of, but I mean, I think let go of being afraid to get in front of the mirror and ask yourself all those hard questions. So that you can advance to that. Place. And one other thing that really gets in my craw, and I'm going to talk about this, because I know I did it. A million people did it is, oh, my God, please let go of doing other people's work. Oh, for fuck's sake. I mean, I I've talked to so many women and you probably had this experience too, Kate where they're like, well, he said he promised he did. He 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 he. I say, you know what? I want you to give me two minutes. And I don't want you to mention what he said or did, because, yep. you know, what? we're we're looking for. We're looking for understanding of another person. That's yeah. You're never gonna understand the motivation of another person. It doesn't matter. It does it means nothing whatsoever.
1: It means nothing whatsoever. We need to put down the magnifying glass and pick up a mirror because what we yes. to do yes. is I love we're that. Yes. Somebody else, we're we're looking at them, looking at them, looking at them, and what we're avoiding doing is looking at ourselves. It's the
2: same thing around something like closure, like a guy who cheated on you, or maybe he's ghosted you or whatever. It's wanting to understand that. Forget it. You don't get closure. Right. You got to get it for yourself because even if this, even if this guy who cheated on you, let's say sat down with you and told you exactly why he
1: did, would you believe him? Would you believe it? Why? And why do do you want to hear that? That's like, you know, what you want is for him to apologize and beg forgiveness. Like, let's be honest, right? Which is never going to happen. Which is never going to happen. So, right. Exactly.
2: So, you know, goodbye. Good riddance. I wish you the best. I hope that your life is awesome. I truly mean that from the depths of my soul. Thank you for the gift of torture that you gave me because I actually learned something from it. And I'm just going to keep on trucking and I'm going to find what's right for me. If, we, like I said, if we can learn how to do these things for ourselves, that's, that's, if we can let go once we notice those triggers and then we hear those limiting beliefs screaming in our heads or whoever's voices we consistently need for permission. If we can recognize that when it comes up and let go of it and have a way that we can let go of it, that is freedom. That's the road to having a life worth enjoying and being proud of and it's not again it's not to say that anything's perfect nothing is perfect if what is perfect is not being stuck in a situation that does not bring you all the things that you want from love and relationship and for yourself and that you know at the end of the day you deserve you have to know that the things that you want are infinitely possible for you and you have to truly believe that from the depths of your soul and when you find yourself in a situation that is not serving you for whatever reason, barring the sense of, you know, you're not going to toss everybody out because they chew loud. Like my husband is probably chewing right now. I can't believe you can't hear him, but yeah. <laughs> he's awesome. Right. So i of course, I'm not going to let that go, but you know, within reason, mm-hmm. you make those choices for yourself and you keep trucking and don't worry about the other person's motivation because that is not important. And you'll never know the truth of that anyway. So it's always about you. That's what I say. It's about you. It's your motivation. Beautiful. Yeah.
1: So where can people find you? Well, they can go to my website, which
2: is letgoforit.com. I'm on social media, Facebook and Instagram. I'm on Twitter, but I don't really spend a lot of time there. Um, Facebook and Instagram at Let Go for It. So
1: you have a you have a special gift for for people, right?
2: So I do. I have a special gift for people and.
1: Basically, it kind
2: of aligns with you, Kate, in terms of when you're kind of stuck in that space and you're unsure of where you want to go, what you want to do, this is an exercise that you can do in 11 minutes to access the truth that is inside of you. That will help you to find answers in terms of how to move forward. So I hope everybody will go to that link and get that download because it's really simple. It's something you could do in a really short amount of time. And one of the things in it is just so supremely grounding. I actually do it all the time. It helps me every single time. And I have a book coming out in May, which I'm so very excited about. So all that information is on my website.
1: And it's all going to be so, yay. Awesome. Jill, thank you so much. For this
2: was here. so fun. Can we do this every week? Cause I feel very <laughs> cleansed now.
1: I know. Right. I know. So <laughs> empowered. So cleansed. <laughs> so cleansed. <laughs> oh my God. Thank you so much. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the divorce survival guide podcast. If you like what you hear, head on over to Apple podcasts or wherever you listen in and leave me a review. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram at The Divorce Survival Guide. I'll see you next time. And until then, remember, you, my love, deserve to be
0: happy.